At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit redbarninc.com coupon to save a dollar off your first can. Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Patty Cotton. She's the president and CEO of Cotton Group, and Patty works with top female executives to step into more of their potential for greater results. She's going to be talking today about women changing the face of leadership, three strategies to successfully meet the new business revolution. I'm so excited to have Patty on the show today. I've met her. She's one dynamic female. Welcome to the show, Patty. Jana, it's so great to be here with you. You're one dynamic female. My goodness. Aww, <laughs> you're, you're thank you very much. so many fabulous things in the world that change for us and change for the better. Ah, I appreciate that. Those kind words. That means a lot to me. I like to get started with our guests telling just a little bit about themselves. Can you start with that, Patty? Sure. Be happy to. Um, You know, let's see. I have over 25 years of leadership, both in Europe and the United States, and uh, specifically in the realms of diplomatic relations for the Swiss government, um, in healthcare, in public relations and marketing, and development. So, uh, most recently, before I jumped out of corporate, I was the executive development officer for five hospitals. So it's a little bit about my background, and I decided to jump out and help other women do what I have been doing, and maybe to do it even better. So building on what I knew so that I can help others succeed. Well, I love that. I love that. And I know um, I did um, have the pleasure of hearing you speak, and um you want to talk today about how women can change the face of leadership. Did you want to start with that too? Sure, we can certainly start with that. I, I think that it's very important, Janice, and thinking about women in leadership today, how, how do we celebrate it and where do we go from here? And my focus is not so much one of parity or equality, but one of just tapping into the untapped potential that we have as women to do what we want to do and do it well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that what we've done so far, Janice, uh, in, in women in leadership is that we women who are seasoned, we've done it, we're a bit older, look back and say, wow, um, glad that we made it thus far. What could we have done if we had had certain things in place? And we have yet more to do. So, really thinking about what kind of legacy we can leave, a leadership legacy, so that the women who are coming up behind us can have an easier time, a greater time, do more, contribute more, and, and, and really rise to the potential. What's happened in the past, I think, is that uh, we who went before 
did not have female role models. Um, there were right. not many of them. And uh, we decided that we had to try to do whatever we saw in front of us to get to leadership so that we could make a bigger difference. And what this meant, Janice, was to imitate or emulate whoever we saw in front of us who was already leading. Mm-hmm. So, And that doesn't always serve us well, because if you think about it, each one of us has unique gifts and strengths and a way of leading. And if we try to copy somebody else, not only do we feel like an imposter, but it doesn't work well for us. So it's kind of like right. being a little wonky or out of sync, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think some sometimes or many times, uh, especially in the corporate world, you're going to sort of follow the lead of, of who's been um, your mentor, if you will. And we did talk about mentorship and, and that. Do you want to talk a little bit more about maybe who was your mentor through your 25 years in the corporate world? Absolutely. Actually, my mentor was my father. My father uh, was a theology teacher and a professor, and he jumped out and carved out his own business at 35. He became a multimillionaire with a bunch of healthcare systems and so forth because he just decided he was going to go for it. So in those days, uh, I didn't have female role models to watch after, and but I watched him, and I was always very close to him. So I noted that he was not adverse to taking risks, to standing up for what he mm-hmm. believed and for getting in there to fight for what he felt was right. And he had a, an amazing way of creating a powerful network that was very genuine and mutually beneficial. So I really watched my father, and I did not have that female role model. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a male role model, nothing wrong per right. se, but I will tell you this. When younger women or women who aspire to be leaders don't see more women at the top, they wonder subconsciously if it's possible for them because all they see is men. So if, right. if, if they don't see it in front of them, we know now research tells us that um, we have four times the amount of stress as men when we think about rising to the top. We have uh, hidden biases that we ourselves carry besides the rest of the people in the workplace. And one of them is, can I really become recognized and rewarded because I don't see any women in front of me, so therefore perhaps it's not done. What do I do? So we need that connect, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and many women, they go through such, you know, that period of time, like self-doubt. Did you have those periods of time where you had to sort of fake it until you made it? I absolutely did, uh, because all along the way, um, I would hear things like, why don't you just be a nurse or a teacher? Or do you really want to do that? Don't you want to have a family? Or, well, isn't that nice? And even to the point where when I was in meetings, if I came up with a new idea, it would be discounted or not recognized. And then five minutes later, one of my male counterparts would come up with the same idea and everybody would say, oh, that's such a great idea. And I would be sitting there thinking, I just said that five minutes ago. So there, are, there were a lot of blatant and there were a lot of subtle biases. And the subtle biases that I think are even more insidious, Janice, because they're harder to pick up mm-hmm. on, are the ones that are out there today. So there's kind of the what I think you ought to be doing and what I think, who I think you ought to be. Those are two big biases in the workplace. So 
I did go through a period where I thought, you know, it worked for my dad, but it's not working for me. Every time I get, I, I take a risk, I get, you know, popped down like a bobo doll. What I didn't realize was, so did my dad, but I didn't see that. Right. So, so I thought, is this right for me? Am I doing the right thing? And I had nobody to go to to say, shoot, this is happening. Um, you know, what would you do? Am I doing the wrong thing? So I was kind of chatting around in the dark. Uh, fortunately, um, the tatting around helped me to, to you know, eventually become the, the chief development officer of the five hospitals and have a team of 15, and we raised millions and millions of dollars, and when people said it couldn't be done, and, and it was all great. But I asked myself, would the journey have been different? How much more rewarding could it have been if I had had somebody saying, good on you, or, you know, why don't you course correct right here and you'll be even more effective. Mm -hmm. And for somebody to recognize and reward me because, you know, at the end of that trek, before I jumped out to create my own company, I still asked myself, could I have been more effective? What could I have done differently? Even though we met and exceeded the goals, I didn't really feel the recognition and the support that I could have felt and that my male counterparts felt when they did the same thing. Yeah. Well, that I, I like that you said the self-correct, but I think mm. that going through you know what you your experience and it seems to be kind of a theme in the people that I've talked to, and and the women such as yourself is you almost have to go through those periods of you know of years either in the corporate world or and learning your own way and and self-correcting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not I, every I not we don't you. all have wow. somebody to help us. Yeah. No, no. And I totally agree with you, Janice. That's, here's why that's important. It builds your backbone. What's missing mm-hmm. for us as women as we do this is the confidence in who we are and what we bring to the table. If we have that, if we're confident in what we bring to the table and who we are, then when we go through those, you know, back and forths and maybe falling on our faces to get back up again, we're okay. When we don't have that sense of who we are, what we bring to the table in the way of personal leadership, gifts and strengths, and how that can, you know, support the organization or our initiative, when we don't have that, we question ourselves and whether we're right. Am I right? Am I doing Mm -hmm. the right thing? Maybe I should have done this. Maybe this, maybe that. It's very interesting that when you you look at confidence, You've probably read The Confidence Code by Taddy and Shipman. Um, But for those Mm -hmm. listeners who haven't, there's a salient um, example of how women, even at the top, keep themselves from rising to their best. And and it's this. They they looked at two basketball teams, men's top-performing professional basketball team and a women's, and they attended the games. And during one of the games that the men lost, they walked with them to hear their self-talk. And they heard, oh, that was a tough game, but you did a good job. We'll try again next time. Let's go have a soda. Great. So then they went to the women's Mm -hmm. game. Same thing, professional women. They lose. What do you think they heard coming off the court? I should have passed the ball sooner. If only I had this. If I had just, they were totally beating themselves up. Very different than the Mm -hmm. men's take. So it's a different lens that they're looking through in the world, taking responsibility for whatever happens and asking themselves, what's wrong with me that I didn't catch this? So if we mm-hmm. can 
intervene at that point and say, let's course correct your lens. Let's take a look at who you are, your strengths and values, how you're going to operate authentically and what you bring to the table. Then all those other bumps and grinds and falling on the face and so forth are simply growth points, as you say. They're simply growth points. Right. Yeah. And I you think mentioned the, the word authentic. Mm-hmm. Yes, very important. Uh, I'm trained in the Gallup Strength Finder for teams. And you know about the Gallup polls and all of their research. Well, when I was back there in Washington, D.C., and I walked around the offices, it was stunning to see the portraits of every president of the United States on their walls with their top five strengths, each of them. And what was so amazing to me was that not one of the presidents in history had the same five strengths, but they all led. So if you think about that, you know, there is an old, old school view that you have to have certain leadership strengths or qualities when, in fact, it's how you use your personal gifts and talents that can help you rise to leadership. But it must be authentic. It must come from you because if it doesn't, number one, you're going to wear it like a coat that doesn't fit. And number two, it's not going for you long term. Because we know that if you don't operate from your top strengths, you become hungry and you become frustrated and Mm -hmm. you don't know why. And you're operating from secondary strengths and that's where you get your burnout and your your disengagement and and all sorts of mistakes being made because you're not using your top strengths on a regular basis. So it's very important to be authentic, to say, who am I? What do I bring? How does it connect? to my initiative, my organization, my business. And that's that's when you get that's when you step from, you know, ordinary to extraordinary. It really is. Yeah. Right. And that's what you tried to do in helping um female executives. That's that's great. Absolutely. I mean Absolutely. Mhm. Mhm. I mean, if you're going to if you want to make a difference, if you have a heart for purpose if success isn't enough and it's the same old, same old after a while and it's very inwardly focused, it's never enough. Okay, I reached that goal. Now I want a higher goal. It's it's a hungry beast that just doesn't stop. If you mm-hmm. want to stop the rat wheel of success and step into significance, how can I make a difference? How do I how do I really make impact in the world? Where where can I serve? Then you've got to know your instrument. You've got to know what you're working with. I coach women who lead movements and and who not just executives and corporations, but women who lead movements and and who have multi million dollar businesses. They all have the same doubts and fears. And when they come to terms mm-hmm. with what they bring to the table authentically, there's such an amazing difference in confidence and thus in the way they're able to operate in the world and make impact. It's astounding. Absolutely astounding. Right, because we all have strengths and weaknesses. It's and uh, if you if you lead with your strengths and hire people with you that have, you know, other things to to that uh, overcome your weaknesses. I've learned that in the corporate world too. You know, to rely on other people. Um, you have been quoted as saying, "I believe we are all called to contribute our best in order to influence and impact the world around us." I just love that. I think once we can you talk a little bit more about that and um. 
I think once we get to the point of wanting to reach out and help others, as you have said too, I think we that's where we make a difference in the world. Absolutely. Um, Janice, I believe that we all have one purpose, and you just you just quoted me about that. I believe that our purpose here is to rise up, to use our gifts and strengths and our talents to do our very best to give back. Now, a lot of people get very confused with that and say, well, my purpose is to be the best CEO or to, you know, feed the hungry or to this and that. Those are missions. And and right. when I when I have people come to me who say I thought I knew what I was you know who I was and what I was supposed to be when I grew up, but now that's been blown out of the water. Who am I anymore? No doubt they have confused their role with who they are. Who you are is a human being who is called to do her best and rise up and and make great impact you know with your gifts and strengths. How you do that. It can come dressed up in a hundred different ways. So what that means is that we can have five, six, seven, ten different callings or careers in our life and still remain true to who we are, authentic in our personal leadership, as we turn to see where else we can make a difference. So, right. And I yeah. I thought we could also talk about um, you know leadership legacy. I heard you speak about that. I'm that really got me to thinking, you know, about what legacy I want to leave um, to the world. Can we talk more about that? Oh, let's do. That is my very favorite, my passionate subject. You know, uh, that again, Janice takes us from success to significance. When we come to a certain point in our lives, we say, "Is that all there is, really?" What have I done with my life? What do I want to do in this next chapter? How can I make a bigger difference? And if you think about it, I believe that the greatest difference that we can make is to touch the lives of others in such a way that we have influenced them to go out and do the same. And, and that's a legacy mindset. That's really championing change that is going to last far beyond when we're here on earth. It's about thinking mm-hmm. about how can I positively touch the lives of others? How can I encourage them to be at their very best and rise to their own authentic potential so that they can go out and do likewise? Imagine if we all did that, what a huge wave that would cause around the world of positive change. Everyone rising up to give their best gifts and strengths, you know, to make a difference for others, an outpouring, if you will. So leadership can be very self-focused, if you will, if one doesn't have a legacy mindset because leadership can either be a role or it can be a way of being and a way of thinking. And I'm talking about the latter. You know, you and I were at a meeting, uh, were at a meeting together where we discussed this and I think one of the ladies said one of the greatest legacies that was ever left to me in leadership was my father who was a simple farmer. But right. he left such, remember that? And and she said, mm-hmm. but he he was so profound in the way that he influenced us kids, the neighbors and so forth, that people remember him, talk about him today, and they turn around and try to do likewise in the community. So that's a mindset. You don't have to be the president or the CEO of some large thing to be a leader and to leave a legacy. It is a mindset about the outpouring of who you are in such a way that makes a difference for now and time to come. 
That's what I firmly believe. Exactly, exactly. And we talked about also you could leave a a negative legacy as well, but I was really um, very much inspired by uh, many of the um, comments that the women were making, and a lot of them did mention their father. You mentioned your father, too. My father has been my, my mentor and mm-hmm. has left, um, you know, and still alive, but the legacy he's leaving to his children and grandchildren is just terrific. And it doesn't matter about money or, you know, like you mentioned, the the gal that mentioned her father as the farmer. It, it Money has nothing to do with it. No, it doesn't. And I will guarantee you, and you know this, that man was probably the richest man in the community in life in love, mm-hmm. in friends, in appreciation. Because, you know, I, and you can't buy that with money. So really in the end, if we take a look at, at leaving a leadership legacy out of love, out of passion, and out of purpose, we have created the richest life imaginable that moves far beyond income. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Now, if I were to ask you, you've again, you mentioned your dad as um, – as being your mentor, but if I could ask you what virtue that comes to mind, one virtue that he um, has left for you, what would that be? Mm. He, uh, he, and he continues to be my rock today. He's alive as, as, as your dad is, and it's such a wonderful thing. I think that uh, a virtue or value, uh, a value mm-hmm. that he has left me is, faith. It's an an astounding level of belief. If you believe mm-hmm. in something, go for it. To recognize that not everyone is going to follow, but those who need to will. That you must follow what you believe is true and stand for what what you're grounded in, in order to do good. That if you don't if you try to heed to everyone and please everyone in the end, you've done nothing but dilute yourself and not right. made an impact at all. So I really, I would say his, his dedicated uh, focus to belief in action because he not, when he believed, he took action. He didn't just sit with it. He went and he did something about it. So I'll, I'll amend it to that, to taking action on what he believed. Yeah. Yeah, I love Absolutely. that. I love that. You know, now you didn't choose a safe career path. I mean, you've done, you were in the corporate world for 25 years. What was the impetus that made you move? Like, what, did you have like an aha moment, Patty, where you said, okay, oh, I can't yes. do this anymore? How did that work? <laughs> I really did. So so we had, I, I had a, a wonderful, wonderful time, and I and I really do, thank all of the people that I worked with over the years because it was a rich learning experience. Um, One day, uh, the CEO came in to me. I reported to the CEO and the president, two women, by the way. And uh, the CEO came in, and we were talking about career paths. And I said, you know, I see myself someday doing what you're doing. And she said, absolutely, you are, on, you are on track. And I was already at the vice presidential level sitting at the executive circle. So I thought, if I'm on track, that means she has bigger plans for me soon. And suddenly I got a pit, a pit in my stomach as I thought about it. And she left the room, and I burst out crying. I thought, what's wrong with me? 
And I suddenly realized, I thought, I am living somebody else's life. I have been chasing after this. Always, yes, sure, I can meet those impossible goals. Absolutely give it to me. I'm the wonder girl and so forth. And I recognized that I was seeking recognition and affirmation of who I was and that it would never stop because I would always have a higher goal. And, you know, to, to achieve in order to, to get that affirmation, I thought, there is something so wrong with this. Something so wrong. I thought, I am not where I'm supposed to be, but I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be. And it was at that point I had returned to go um, get another master's in organizational management and development. And the only courses open at the time, because I entered late into the season, were executive coaching courses. And the first time I went in, we had an intensive weekend. And as they started and they explained and we started role-playing, I just burst into tears again, but this time for joy because I thought I have found what I'm supposed to do. Because all of my life, one of my themes was strategy, strategizing how to meet goals and so forth. But the real thing that I loved to do was to gather the people and teach them how to follow the plan so that we could reach the impossible. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I loved to develop people and their potential. So that was my aha moment, and uh, I jumped out at perhaps the worst time in modern history, which was on the cusp of the recession, but I recognized that if I didn't do it then, I might never do it because I would be forsaking what I loved for safety and security Mm -hmm. in a very small box. Yeah, and it has worked well. I've been blessed. Yes, yes, you certainly have. So you took that leap of faith. And went out on your I own, did. and look what you've accomplished, you know. And and you're helping people in return, while while you're using your strengths. I love that. What, one thing I'm I'm trying to really ask this question to a lot of the women, such as yourself, is you know I have a 26 year old daughter. Is there is there we know that they can follow different paths, right? But mm-hmm. is there what would you tell a 26 year old young woman? not yet in the workforce, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to, to someone like that? Oh, Dennis, that's a perfect age for them to, well, them to not only learn about themselves, but it's an age where they're very confused. There are so many choices out there these days that they're afraid they're going to make the wrong choice. And kids are taking longer. Young people are taking longer to decide what they want to do in life because there are too many choices and not enough guidance in the right way. So when I work with younger people, the first thing I do is is really what we've talked about earlier, which is who are you and what do you bring to the table, because I want them to start thinking that you don't have to pick a right, there's not one right occupation for you. There's not one right path. The only right path is to first know yourself and what you bring to the table, because you are the brand. It is not a role in an organization. So if you know who you are, what you bring to the table, and what's important to you, you can pick a lot of things to start out with, but you will stay on an integral path because you, you will know your true north. So anything you pick after that is going to thread to the next opportunity in a way that you are passionate about it and love it because it reflects who you are and what you bring. It's very tethering, very grounding. So know who you are, 
know your strengths, know your values, and 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 if you're mm-hmm. grounded in that and the gift that you bring to the world, and understand that it can be dressed up in a hundred ways. Go out and have fun, and play with it because you're going to have lots of opportunities to do so. That's what I would say. Well, I love that, and that's that's extremely important, especially for our young females and and our sons too, out there. I really appreciate that inspiration for our listeners, Anna. You've been real. I could I could talk on and on and on about um, your background and and what you bring to the table. Do you have any special offerings or or for our listeners, Patty? I do. Uh, you know, I I do. For for those who are curious about whether working with me is a fit for them, uh, I do offer a free thirty minute strategy session, and they can find uh, a place on my website to schedule that. That's at pattycotton.com. And then I have a program upcoming that is uh, really it's inspired leadership, building your authentic leadership brand that if people are more curious about that, they can also reach out to me through the website and get more information on. Oh, that's perfect. Is that the Women Changing the Face of Leadership, your 12 steps to your legacy? Is that what you're referring to? That is actually when they sign up for my newsletter, they will get that report. And there's also a place on the website to get a free gift, uh, which is a training on bringing more focus, productivity, and engagement to your day in 15 minutes every morning. And so it's called the Morning Ritual, and that's another free gift. They can find that on the front page of my website. And that has helped a lot of people with their focus, their clarity, and their energy as they enter their workday. Oh, I love that. And they can reach you at www.pattycotton, and that's P-A-T-T-I, cotton.com. Thank you so much for being on the show, Patty. It's such an inspiration. Absolute delight, Janice. Thank you for having me. Thanks for all you do. Okay. Ah, absolutely. Have a great day. Ladies, I am so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of the ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Hertenew oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. You've been listening to the Tell Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.telljanice.com. 
Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice.